0: Ramp Radio for Thursday, September 28th, 2023. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far. We are one week out from not just the Fastlane pay-per-view and a couple days out from Wrestle Dream from AEW, and NXT No Mercy. More importantly than any of that, We have the 10-year anniversary of WrestleRant Radio on the horizon, that being next Sunday. Now, I don't know if I'm doing an episode on the anniversary itself or on our usual Thursday slot with me and Mr. Marceau. I'm not exactly sure, but just want to thank everyone for their continued support of the show in the last 10 years. We've grown a lot. We've had a lot of great guests on, including today, one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Chelsea Green, coming to WrestleRant Radio for the first time to talk about her reign, return to the company, her time away from the company, And a lot more. And then, of course, on the back end of that, our usual conversation, myself and Mr. Marceau, breaking down the Jade Cargill news of her coming to WWE, Matt Riddle being released last week, the news of and and rumors of Rock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40. How does that affect the WrestleMania 40 plans for Cody Rhodes? Does the match happen? Lot to get into there. In addition to our predictions for the aforementioned events, Wrestle Dream on Sunday and NXT No Mercy coming up on Saturday, and some thoughts and breaking news from last night on the injury to a top AEW star. So we'll talk all about that today here on Wrestle Rant Radio. New episodes every single week at Wrestlerant.com, WrestlerantRadio.com iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single week, and usually on Thursdays. With all that being said, guys, enjoy my exclusive interview with one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Chelsea Green. Graham G. Samath, Matthew, Bleach Report and fan side here. We're talking with one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Chelsea Green. Chelsea, how are you?
1: I am great. You forgot to mention I'm a two time champion and future Hall of Famer, but that's okay. I will um, let it slide for right now.
0: Well, listen, you got your partner back on Monday, Raw. Piper is back. How's that working out between you guys so far? Obviously, like you said, two time women's tag team champion with Sonia and now with Piper Niven. You were almost looking for a different partner on Monday. Piper wasn't too happy about that. So, how's it been going between you guys so far?
1: No, she's just kidding. It's going so. Well, and I'm currently working on a new set of gear for her so she can really bring, you know, that star power to TV.
0: What's been like the dynamic compared to like you and Sonya were so close. We didn't see the team for very long, but you guys were very successful, obviously, in the short time you were together. Piper is a completely different dynamic of what we've seen so far. It's taken some time for her to kind of warm up to you, like you said. But what have been like the biggest similarities and differences so far from working with the two of them?
1: Well, I think a lot of people don't know that Piper and I actually live together in Japan. So that's a little spoiler for you all. We have known each other for a little while. We worked at a company in Japan together, um, but we're still trying to figure out our dynamic. Look. I can bring the charisma, honey. I can bring the talking. I can bring the attitude. I can bring the star power. I can bring the amazing gear. Piper is going to bring the muscle. And that is going to be key for this team, I think.
0: I mean, whatever works, works. Like you guys said, I mean, you, you've been successful so far. Two-time tag team champion. You haven't even been back in WWE for a full year yet. Only coming back in January officially to TV in the Royal Rumble match itself. Did you expect to win gold as quickly as you have as now a two-time tag team champion?
1: Well, I think that what a lot of people forget is the fact that I've been out here hustling for almost 10 years. So yes, it looks like I came back to WWE and I just snatched up my favorite accessory and took it home. But I deserve this. I literally have been working for the past 10 years for this moment. This is the moment. There's nothing better than being a professional wrestler going to WWE and becoming a champion. And not only that, but I get to become a champion with my friends. You know, I've got a lot of friends on the roster and, and friends in my tag partners. I've had a couple of those. Um, so, so this is it. This is this is the pinnacle.
0: You talk about the 10-year journey that you had. Do you feel like it would have meant as much had it like happened three years ago? When we first see you debut on SmackDown in late 2020, obviously get released soon after, but you're back now. Would you have appreciated that moment as much three years? I mean, the easy answer would be obviously no. I mean, I like it more now that you've been in the business longer and you've been able to work towards it. Like you said, the time away hustling in many different promotions, a lot more than I think people realize. But what are the, I mean, having the same success three years ago as tag team champion, what have they meant as much then as it does now for, in your opinion?
1: Honestly, yes. At that point, yes. However, if you had have asked me, would it mean as much if, um, you know, I were to have got hired right out of tough enough in 2015? No, of Mm -hmm. course not. The best part of being able to hold this championship is the fact that I traveled all over the world. I worked for every single company. There's not a single company out there that is at the top that I have not worked for, that I have not main evented for, that I have not held a title for, whatever it is. So That's what makes this so sweet. But I had done that in 2017 or no, I should say 2018 as well by 2018, 2019, I had done that. It is of course, sweeter after being released, after coming up with an entire different game plan, after traveling the world again, making a name for myself again, asking for my job back and coming back and winning this, it makes it that much sweeter, but by the time I hit about year five, I had done almost everything I wanted to do in in professional wrestling. So, you know, that was really hard for me around that time and and then being released and everything because I thought I deserved it then. Now I know I deserve it. Now there's not a question in my mind that this title and these side plates were meant for me.
0: You talk about the time away. And like, again, all the hustling that you had to do to come back and asking for your job back and stuff like that. Was that, I know you've talked about it before, but like, was it a goal to do everything? Like you could have just done one or two different things. Like you literally, like literally worked for every (laughs) single promotion, one gold everywhere. And you put out the list on Twitter before coming back of everything you did in like, it's 2023 now. So like in 2022 alone, 2021, after you got released, working with like Mickey James, for example, something that you wanted to do, Three years ago, didn't materialize. It happened elsewhere. Like, I almost feel like not, again, I feel like the easy answer is to say blessing in disguise, obviously. But you were able to do everything that you wanted to do, sometimes outside of WWE and coming back. Was it a goal in doing all of that before coming back and feeling, all right, it's, uh, you know, business is finished outside of WWE. Now it's time to return.
1: Yeah, it was a goal. And actually, uh, funny story, I, when my husband was released before me, told him he should do it. He didn't do it at the time. I ended up then getting released and doing it. I wrote a list <laughs> of all the places that I had not been to yet. You know, I had yeah. I had already done amazing things and traveled the world prior to going to NXT, but there were a couple things that I had missed on that list that I wasn't able to hit before getting hired. So then looking back at that, I wrote down a new list of, okay, where have I not been? Some of the countries I hadn't been to, some of the companies I hadn't been to. Now, how can I get to the top of those companies? And like I tell everyone, you do not get what you don't ask for. So I directly went to the head of those companies and I said, I want to work for you. I am not going to sign any contracts. I want to work for everyone else as well. And I hope that you can respect that. And guess what? I got it. They gave me exactly what I asked for, and I was able to bang out those companies that I hadn't previously worked for, Um, and now my resume is packed. Like, I became undeniable, and how could could WWE not take me back after that?
0: (laughs) I mean, on your resume, you have a lucha underground main event on there i mean how many people can say that how many females can say that they had especially an intergender match no less as well that is on that's how that's how far back we're going there that's
1: a deep i uh, mean it's bucket bucket list things that i have (laughs) been able to do in my life i i main evented the first all-female pay-per-view outside of evolution that i mean it's that's it. That's it. Like for women in wrestling, for women in sports, these moments are everything to us. And and to, to be worthy of those moments, that's what means the most to me.
0: And in all these different places that you've gone, even prior to coming to WWE the first time and then being back in WWE, we've seen you a lot in singles competition. And outside of WWE, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong if you had done this previously. The tag team stuff saw a little bit of an impact. Obviously, you and Deanna, obviously very close friends. That must have come easily for you now doing the tag team stuff back in WWE. Did the runs elsewhere specifically with Deanna kind of help prepare you for what you're doing now in WWE? Or again, were you already doing a lot of that stuff elsewhere before even doing it with Deanna three years ago?
1: Honestly, nothing can prepare you for WWE. Nothing. There's not a company in the world that I have worked for that fully prepared me for this moment. I will say my character work and Working with a partner in a character way, developing promos and and cohesiveness between a partner that helped me. You know, I was on the independent scenes at Shimmer with Britt Baker and Santana Garrett. And then I was at Impact with Deanna. So those it it, it helped. But there's nothing there is nothing like the beast that is WWE. It is live television. It is go, go, go. You are being put with people you don't even know and thrown on you know live television in front of millions of people the audience is is there's no audience like that in the world in professional wrestling so nothing prepared me for this moment and at the same time everything prepared me for this moment and all those little all those little things i had along the way have led to this but what really what really helped me is being paired with sonia that's what helped me learn i mean everything i've learned in wwe so far about being a a tag team
0: were you guys as close friends and tough enough as you are now or were you like acquaintances on the show
1: so we were friends and tough enough but it's funny because we were actually if you go back and watch we were never on the show at the same time we were friends through the audition process which was tryouts um and I continued to watch her after the show. And when I knew she got hired and then I was told she was being called up and I watched her debut and I kind of, you know, sat at home watching her and cheering her on from the sidelines, but we didn't necessarily stay in constant communication. Um, I stayed in touch a little bit more with Mandy Rose, but mm-hmm. with, with Sonia, she was just on this crazy trajectory trajectory that was Really, really fun to watch. So I was supporting her from the sidelines. And then when we were paired together, we thought this is never gonna work. And we went out for the first time and we were like, I think this is gonna work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just feel like from an on-air standpoint, seeing the two characters, they just mesh so perfectly. I know you were doing the thing with Carmela as well before she got pregnant, obviously, congrats to her. And now with Sonia as well, having great chemistry with the two of them, two different characters, but having great chemistry in two different ways. And you said yourself you were unfamiliar or no, rather familiar with the character stuff before coming back to WWE. Because you were doing a lot of different character stuff elsewhere, including in WWE, in NXT a few years ago. But what we've seen you from you this year specifically is so much different than anything else you've done differently. Uh, just talk about the process and the Chelsea Green of today and where it kind of comes from. And, and creating this new character, doing something so different. Or maybe not so different than what you've done previously.
1: I think... One thing that I learned throughout this process of playing all these different characters is that I realized I didn't actually love getting in the ring and beating people up or getting beat up. I loved getting in the ring and putting on the mask that is Chelsea Green. Whatever that that may be in that day or in that era mm-hmm. or in that company... Um, I learned that and after learning that realizing that which I kind of started to realize around 2018 when I was playing the hot mess I after realizing that it was very eye-opening so I I began taking acting classes I began taking auditioning classes I I began really self-taping for movies and tv shows and things like that and once I realized that that's what makes me special and that's what makes me me it made everything so much easier. Now, if you say, okay, I want you to be yourself, but a turned up version. I'm building an entire character for myself. And I'm putting that character on the minute that I get dressed and the minute that I see a camera in front of me. Um, And I just, I love it. I mean, I think that's my favorite part. Some people love the flips some people love the mat wrestling and the grappling and you know my former partner Diana Prazo, like she loves technical wrestling and things like that i love character work and that's what makes me unique and that's what makes wwe you know that that's what makes them able to use me in a whole different light than they're able to use say someone like a, a flippy girl or like bianca an extremely strong girl like We all have our things, and once you realize what your thing is, it makes life so much easier.
0: Yeah, I mean, you talk about how you've been working on that since 2018 and the progression of kind of the Chelsea Green that we have today. Does it still, like, not that it comes easily, but, like, at what point does it become second nature to kind of go out there and put on this character? Or is it still like a process, and you're still kind of finding the footing of what you want this character to be?
1: It's a little bit of everything because I think with WWE – the storylines change so quickly, right? Mm. You know, someone gets injured, that storyline changes. Raquel comes into my, you know, my vignette and she wants to wrestle me. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, I'm feeling a different type of way than I felt when I wrestled Caden and Katana and I have all the confidence in the world. Like it's ever changing. But if you know to your core who that character is, you know how that character would react. And that's the great thing about taking acting classes is you build that character from the ground up. You know exactly how you would react. And it's totally different than how the hot mess would react. And it's definitely different than how Recluso would react. All those characters have a different backstory. And the and if you don't have that backstory, then of course you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna stay true to your character. I know my backstory. I make up my backstory. And same with, you know, (laughs) sonia she knows her backstory piper she knows exactly where she comes from and what made her strong and fearless and um mine i just like to make up it's not real you know it is not real at all not one part of the chelsea green that you see on wwe tv is real except for the facial expressions
0: (laughs) i mean you talk about that too as far as uh you know the acting inspirations and stuff like that i guess an easy question but like was there any one person whether it be an actor or a performer or a character from like a movie or a show or another wrestler, whatever it might be, that kind of helped you like, all right, I kind of see what they're doing, not following footsteps, because you are who you are, obviously, you're the first Chelsea Green, but who you kind of draw inspiration from or kind of who helped you in that process?
1: I love really, God. really ridiculous shows, but they're that are real. So shows like Dynasty, that just are such exaggerated versions of real life, but mm-hmm. to the to the core, those characters still believe what they're saying and who they're playing and the ridiculousness yeah. of it. Those are people that I draw inspiration from. the The one diva that really, really did that in my eyes was Maria Canellis. She always was such an exaggerated version of herself, But when she held that microphone, you believed that she believed what she was saying. And that's yeah. what i that's what I, I want. I want people to laugh along with the jokes. but also, Think, Oh my god, she's really delusional. She really does think that she's the best thing since sliced bread. I want you to, I want you to believe that I believe it. And so I watch those shows and I draw inspiration from that while also just wanting, just wanting to stay true to me and to not ever copy someone. I never, ever want to watch something and completely recreate it. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. I want to be, I want to be my, myself. And that has of course helped taking acting classes is it, it, it has helped me kind of bring that to the surface
0: are there any crazy shows that you've watched lately or movies that you would be like all right this is something again maybe not even used for the character but just stuff that you've enjoyed recently that you've seen
1: well right now i'm re-watching suits and i love suits but i i think suits is just so realistic anyway so i really just go back to uh when i watched dynasty over the pandemic, it just mm-hmm. is the exact type of acting that I love and such unrealistic circumstances and situations that they make so realistic, and I love that.
0: And Suits so is on Peacock right now, too, I think, as well. It's easily accessible for anyone that's watching the WWE paper. He's on there, Cheap plug. Um, there we as we wind down here, though, just talking about you being back, a lot of fans have said, in the, in the time that you've been back, it's like the rumors were starting months in advance and you were signed well in advance, coming back in Royal Rumble. You know, some people maybe not sold on Chelsea Green coming back, either based on what you did outside of it or the last time we saw you in WWE. You've turned a lot of those people around, myself included, now being a big fan of your work and what we've seen from you, being back in WWE. When people say, of all the people that have been brought back to WWE during the Triple H era, so to speak, of this company, you being among the best that people say, and fans' perspectives, uh, one of the best rehires in Triple H's regime, what does that mean to you to hear that? Or does it not mean anything, I guess?
1: No, I guess it means everything. (laughs) <laughs> it really does because at the end of the day like i'm I'm doing this for the fans i'm doing this for the wwe universe and and they are the people who are filling the stands they're the people who are buying our merchandise they're the people who are, are waiting outside of hotels and airports trying to get our signatures if they don't, don't like me if they don't want to watch me if they don't think i'm entertaining then i don't have a job so it it really is everything for people to think that now on the same token you know with everybody saying positive things, if you believe that hype, you have to believe the negative. So there has sure. to be you, you need to lay your head down at night and and be able to turn that off. I don't believe mm-hmm. the hype, but I'm thankful. I am so thankful and grateful for the hype. And then on, on the same page, like, I mean, I, it's been 10 years. I've, I've gained these fans through showing them for 10 years, who I am and, and what I can do. So, um, you know, hopefully I just continue to gain their love and their trust. And then when I win the 2024 Royal Rumble in Tampa, they're all gonna be on my side and love me <laughs> and buy all my merchandise.
0: Last question for you, Chelsea. We hear every week on Rano, she's been asked this before, with Samantha Irvin's announcing of your name, she has a couple different unique introductions for a few different people, yourself being one of them. Was that a you idea? Was that a Samantha idea, a WWE idea? Can you kind of take me through that a little bit?
1: So that was completely her idea. Now, I have taken her aside and worked with her a little bit. I'm I'm no vocalist, um, (laughs) but we had to really nail it down and make it perfect because a a champion needs a perfect – championship introduction and an entrance um and I think that it makes my entire entrance so it's a good thing that her and I are friends it's gonna stay that way so that I can forever get that introduction because it's everything when I come out there
0: well we can hear it every single week uh, alongside Piper Niven you guys are the WWE women's tag team champions Chelsea thanks so much for the time congrats on all the success and being back in WWE I'm looking forward to seeing what you do going forward maybe even winning the the women's Royal Rumble in tampa like you said announced today coming up in january thanks so much for the time chelsea i appreciate it
1: thank you put it out into the universe chelsea <laughs> for 2024 royal rumble winner
0: it's got a nice ring to it thanks chelsea <laughs> thank you big thanks to chelsea for the time her first time chatting and she was awesome so check out the full interview coming in article form soon fan of daily ddt and coming up now my conversation with mr marceau brother what's going on Doing good. How are you? I'm doing well, Mr. Marceau. We got a lot to talk about here today. Uh, not only do we have one, but rather two events coming up this weekend. We will talk about both NXT No Mercy on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. AEW Wrestle Dream on Sunday. I always get them confused. Sometimes, usually, the NXT shows are on Sundays, but the Wrestle Dream shows on Sunday. Fastlane is not until next week. We got a busy couple of weeks here. We'll do predictions for both events coming up a little bit later on and some an update, uh, some breaking news, kind of. On a major AEW star out injured indefinitely. We'll talk about that with the WrestleDream predictions a little bit later on. A few different things I want to bring up here. Not a lot to talk about here today, but two major stories, including one we did not get to last week because there was so much to discuss. But it was made official this week, Mr. Marceau. Set in stone, made the headlines. Jade Cargill, first reported by ESPN, confirmed by WWE shortly thereafter, is officially not even WWE bound, that would imply that she's on their way there soon, she's already there, she was out the Performance Center on Tuesday, they showed pictures of her there, training, interviews, hitting the timelines on Tuesday afternoon with ESPN and The Ringer and all these other outlets, um, Jade Cargill is not all elite, she's all WWE, I guess you could say, um, the worst kept secret in the last two weeks, Fightful Select was the first one to report two weeks ago that she was likely headed out of AEW and probably headed to WWE, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, she had a lot of interesting comments regarding why she signed and her relationship with Cody, which is what I don't know if I've talked about it here before with you, but I've definitely alluded to it elsewhere and have at least been thinking about it, that maybe that could kind of uh, swing the pendulum the other way in terms of talent going from AEW to WWE, so on and so forth. We'll talk about it. But um, immediate reaction, Mr. Marceau, Jade Cargill is officially in WWE. Your thoughts?
2: I think it's a great signing. Um, I mean, I think she has all the capabilities of being a huge star. Obviously, in ring wise, she definitely does need some more work. I mean, just it's the truth and it is what it is. But I think with WWE, they can kind of get. I feel like they can hide the. I mean, I don't think regardless if she's in the PC for five years, I don't think she's ever going to be like a in ring classic. I just her build and just what she is, I just I never see that happening. But I think just like just getting the basics down would definitely help her. But I just think she is a star they can present her with as a star and I mean that's just like what WWE does and like just take what you have and if you have that star thing they can kind of cover up the other like in things that don't really like not that it doesn't matter but I don't know they're more worried about building a star than the actual in-ring like capability so I think she she's a little like built for WWE um, like you said she notified or said that one of her reasons of going is because of Cody I mean like kind of I mean she came in the AEW with like her first feud was against Cody I mean at that point you just assume she's a Cody girl I guess you want to go that way mm-hmm. or she's with Cody and the contract came up they didn't renew her and she came to WWE and said Cody was one of the reasons so I mean it sounds like he's probably one of the reasons why she got into wrestling so I mean it makes sense there and I mean she has that star capability I could see her like facing the top women in WWE
0: just to put this conversation a bit, and we were joking about this word mere moments before we hit record here as far as being underutilized and people kind of bastardizing that term in the last week as far as the releases, which we'll get, you know, some more info on momentarily. We'll talk about it in some other releases since that, you know since we last spoke last week. But underutilized was not the, you know, popular term with Jade Cargo this week, but I did see that a few different times, and everyone has an opinion, and everyone has is gonna have a different opinion. So I get it, you're gonna you're bound to see this sort of stuff. But just to put this shit to bed, Jade Cargill was not underutilized in AEW. This was not an AEW issue. Um, I think some people... I I don't think from her comments she was saying that she was underutilized or that they could have done more, that she could have done more. Because I think one of the outlets asked her, like, what do you regret about not doing in that other company? And she mentioned, I wish I could have worked with the main girls, the top talent, and gone for the main championship. I don't think she meant... I wish I was doing that earlier, and if she was saying that, if she was implying that, she was never going to be going for the main women's championship sooner than she did. I tried to make this clear on Twitter yesterday, but the point being that with Jade, she was TBS champion for a year plus, the longest reign they've ever had in the company's history, a year and four months. Um, She probably would have lost the championship, to be fair, last year, if Chris Statlander was still around She probably would have lost it to her a year ago But Statlander got hurt They didn't want to deviate from that plan So they kept the belt on Jade for another like 8 months And yeah, it got stagnant there towards the end Because they didn't really have any real competition for her She beat everyone else She wasn't just facing jobbers I mean, let's be honest here She was facing people on the roster Was she facing the Britt Bakers and the Tony Storms? No But she did have matches with Ty Conti. Anna Jay, she had matches with, Ru- she beat Ruby Soho to win the championship, I mean, is Ruby Soho not a top talent? I know she's not the face of that division, but still, she beat Thunder Rosa in that same tournament. Uh, she worked with a lot of notable names on that roster, again, not the biggest of names in AEW, but she worked with Nyla Rose. I mean, give me a fucking break with this, like, oh, she didn't work with the top, I mean, she didn't, I know she didn't work with those main people, I get it. But there was never a point where she was going to. So again, just want to get your thoughts on her comments, and rather not really her comments specifically, because I don't really think that's what she was talking about, but people inferring from what she said, oh, she could have done so much more in AEW, because I think she's still so green that was never going to happen until she came back from her recent hiatus, and she is back, and uh, had she signed, she probably would have gone for the main Women's Championship after losing to a second time to Chris Statlander.
2: Yeah, I don't think she, like you said, I don't think underutilized is the right word. I, I mean, if you wanted to use anything, maybe, like, pigeonholed, like, she was kind of, like, in her own division. Like, it was the women, other women, and there was, like, the jade division. Like, she never faced, like, those other women because she was always in that TBS title picture. Like I said, she held the belt for so long that she never really got wrestle like, the other women. But you think she was underutilized? I mean, she was pushed. She was, like, the most dominant woman in the company. I don't know how you could... I think, under, like you said, underutilized is not the right word. Like I said, I feel like she could have, like maybe branch out a little bit like i said and face the other women but i don't think she is the wrong word with her i think she had a great run i just think she had her own division and then there was the other division so i feel like maybe that's the only thing you could possibly say about like maybe doing differently like she even said like facing other women but i would never characterize it as underutilized
0: yeah, no, it's interesting because she talked about her other reasons for coming to WWE, and she made it kind of known. Listen, this is the stage. This is where you go to succeed. Not really burying AEW, but I mean, she's not wrong. WWE is the bigger company, and when you feel like you've all, you've done all that you can in this certain company, then you make the jump. Did she did she do all that she could do in AEW? No, she could have stuck around for another three to five years and become even more of a face of that women's division. I mean, it's funny. I watch Rampage now on like the DVR and shit. Two of the faces on that poster, front and center, are Jade Cargill and CM Punk. And they're not, within a month, both are gone. And they don't have many talent departures in AEW, specifically people that are top names. Those are two of them, and they lost two of their biggest names on the, man, on the men and uh, female side, on the men and women's side. And they're both gone, for different reasons, obviously. Um, but listen, she probably thought, listen, my stock will never be higher. And I'm sure we talked about this last week. But I don't blame her for making the jump. She was probably going to make the jump at some point anyway. But she realized now, I don't want to be locked down for another year, two years, three years, whatever it might be. My stock is high right now. I'm coming off a massive undefeated streak, a long title run. If I stick around, I might just become another person in this division. Or just a... You know, because a lot of the women AEW are just kind of there. They're over to certain extent, but they're just kind of there. She probably did not want that happening to her. And thought, listen, I can go to WWE right now, expedite the process... And I can get my training over there. So, I asked you this last week as far as whether she goes to NXT first or goes straight to the main roster. There's been reports in the past week they're coming up with main roster creative for her. I don't really have a dog in the fight. I don't really have a preference. I mean, she can go to either one and I would be content. But do you think it would be fine if she goes to Raw or SmackDown first and kind of gets on-the-job training like she did in AEW? Because it's not like in AEW she was at the Nightmare Factory for six months. She also did not have much training and jumped immediately onto TV, which might not have been the best idea. And it might not be the best idea for her to go right to Raw or SmackDown. But do you think it would be... You said she's not completely seasoned yet, which I agree with. But do you think she can kind of deal with getting that on-the-job training on the main roster as opposed to going to NXT first?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think if she goes to the main roster, like, she'll be working, obviously, I assume, house shows and stuff like that. So she'll definitely get more training than she was getting in AEW. I mean, she worked maybe once a week, if that. Um, So, I mean, I think just getting her on the show would be the first start. And then from there, like you said, I think she just... I think she could go right to the main roster. I mean, obviously, going to NXT... I just, I don't know, for what, especially with like how they built her coming into the company, I just don't see her going into NXT, like, we I think she'll just go to the PC, they're, like you said, reports are saying that she's getting, they're working on her booking for the main roster, so, I mean, maybe do some house shows at NXT, maybe, just right before she debuts, but... Besides that, I I think she she can just do on-the-job training on the main roster.
0: Yeah, I think she'll be fine. Listen, her matches were not terrible in AEW. She could use more training, use more seasoning, use more experience, but she could probably get that on the main roster, as long as she's not thrust into the main title picture. But listen, I also stand by what I said a couple weeks ago. She could easily walk in to the Women's Rumble and win the whole fucking thing in a couple months. It's very possible. She had a lot of buzz around her signing, though. I mentioned this on Twitter, but I can't remember the last time when someone I mean, listen, I know Cody Rhodes coming back, and that got a lot of buzz from the company, and rightfully so, because again he was one of the executives in the other company and that was a big deal. But as far as like a new name that hasn't been to WWE before, I, I couldn't tell you the last time. AJ and Nakamura and people like that, that was seven years ago, almost eight years ago. So in recent years I I, I can't think of many people, if any people um, that got the treatment that Jig did on Tuesday with the banner on .com. They sent out a fucking email about it. It was all over their socials, racked up a uh, millions and millions of views and likes and stuff like that. So, it's cool to see. I think she'll be just fine, regardless of where she goes first. She could honestly, she could be one of the people that pops up in the crowd on uh, on Saturday night and No Mercy. She could just be sitting in the crowd for NXT No Mercy, and that's why they announced it on Tuesday, and that's why they announced it this week. Because they want people to keep an eye out for her on Saturday, so we'll see. Uh, but I thought that was pretty cool. But also on that Jade stuff, kind of speaking of uh, what we mentioned earlier, her being a Cody girl. There's a lot of people in that AEW locker room, with Cody having been there since day one prior to his departure last year, that were Cody Rhodes guys. Maybe even more Cody Rhodes guys than elite guys. People like, I think, Ward because he worked with Cody a lot. MJF, Ricky Starks, a number of others. MJF may not be going anywhere. He might already be locked up. We don't know. I know he talks about the war, the bidding war of 2024. I mean, I think it'd be dumb to have already signed a deal through the year or through the next five years because I would think that he would want to get a bigger deal by negotiating with WWE or whatever. But you have MJF. You have Wardlow and Ricky Starks. What do you think the treatment of Jade, before she even arrives on fucking television, is already on .com getting the treatment that they did? I'm not saying Wardlow would get that treatment. But do you think that sends the message to that talent and the bigger takeaway here is that if they can land Jade, book her well, and prop her up as a star as they have with Cody, that it might allure other AEW talent, specifically Cody Rhodes, you know, sp- not sponsored, but like people that Cody was high on, uh, over to WWE at some point?
2: Easily. I mean, if they, I just feel like, especially if you're like an MJF, I feel like you get the exact same treatment and it would be big. They like said Warlow, I don't know, Ricky Starks probably wouldn't be the exact same but like I said if they brought them in they saw success I mean I I don't know why it would detract you from going like Wardlow like you said he's I don't even know where he is I mean he's not I don't think he's hurt I just don't think he has anything for him right now so he's not even on tv and I mean he was pushed and then he won the belt then he lost it and then he won it and then he lost it and I just feel like he he's one of those people that could go to WWE and I feel like would see good success same with Starks um and, I mean, MGF
0: that's like a given. Yeah, no, MJF would obviously be a given, because there has not been many people since the whole AEW, not war started, but since they've kind of been existing simultaneously, which has been almost exactly five years now, that we've had many people go from AEW to WWE. There have been a few people that people probably don't know or remember, but, like, Blair Davenport, for example, was B. Priestley in AEW. She was signed to AEW. She got let go during the pandemic, and she's been in NXT for a few years now, but she was technically the first person to jump ship over to WWE. And we also have Brian Pillman Jr. right now. They're not giving him the same treatment. He's not fucking Jade Cargill. I get it. Um, but, you know, he has some name recognition, not in terms of his AEW run, but in terms of, you know, just being the son of Brian Pillman. Um, they aired a vignette seemingly for him. We can all kind of, you know, put two and two together here. For NXT, or on NXT rather, the other day, we might see another one on Saturday or next week. He probably will not be debuting within the next week or two, but it looks like they're finally putting him on television and he might be NXT bound in the next couple weeks as well, whether it be as Brian Pilma Jr. or as another name, I'm not sure. Um, but it's something to keep an eye out for. It might not be happening soon, but keep an eye out for people like Wardlow and Starks, like you said, MJF. Um, they're all people I could see WWE wanting to get their hands on and them wanting to go to WWE if w- if AEW doesn't turn things around. I mean, MJF probably isn't leaving anytime soon. Starks could go either way because he's on TV a lot right now getting a decent push. Doesn't win a lot of matches whenever it matters most, but he's on TV a decent amount. I could see him staying. Wardlow, though, I've said this before, it's his career, it's his life, but I feel like he'd be a fucking idiot if he didn't leave AEW for WWE the first chance that he got. Given not just the booking lately, but the whole booking of Wardlow in the last year and a half. Unless that completely turns around tomorrow, I just don't see that changing. Um, but yeah, something to keep an eye on for the future. Speaking of talent coming and going, we spoke last week at length about all the releases from WWE um, and there were a number of them after we wrapped up last week, there were more releases in the afternoon, all from the performance center in NXT. Um, we had some more of that after we got up, you know, got done with the call last week, including Dana Brooke, the maximum male models, um, a number of people actually, including Matt Riddle. Now that was not on Thursday, that was on Friday. And I kind of put him separate from the other people because one, he was separate from the other people in terms of when he was released, But also because I don't think it was a case of, oh, we're paying him too much or we don't have any plans for him or whatever like a lot of the other people. I think it was primarily a case of we've given this guy so many chances. We have no intentions of bringing him back or, you know, resuming his creative plans. Uh, He's a fucking headache to deal with. And, you know, he is a star. He can be more of a star for them. But it just got to a point where... They had to sever ties. I mean, we kind of figured this was the case as soon as he put up that dumb TSA tweet and immediately deleted it. But like you said before we hit record here, that shit doesn't go away. It's out there in the in the World Wide Web, and it was not going anywhere. So uh, definitely disappointing, I think, but also not very surprising at all.
2: No, yeah, definitely disappointing. I feel like he was someone, especially when they had Orton was around, like he definitely was one of the top guys, like acts. I mean, him and Randy were so popular. Uh, then, obviously, when Randy got hurt, they tried him kind of on his own, and then they did, like, the whole Drew thing that just felt forced and didn't really work. But I like Riddle. I thought he was pretty good. Um, like I said, I thought, obviously, his peak was definitely with Randy. Um, but, I mean, he's had some pretty sure he was suspended for, like, weed and that stuff last year. Um, I think he went to rehab. And then this year with the whole saying he was sexually assaulted at a airport and then deleting it, I mean – you just can't joke about that stuff. Or, I mean, if you post it, I mean, you got to stick to it if it's real. I mean, it's just something like that you just can't do. I mean, like you said, even if he deleted it, it was all over. Wrestling Twitter was reporting it like that. It was there was no way you could get away with it. You even after to delete. It. I mean, it was like the biggest topic the day he posted it. So, I think it's one of those things that WWE said. You know what? It's not worth the, the the PR hit. And I mean, I think he's good, but he's definitely expendable.
0: Yeah, it came to a certain point where they just had to cut ties. I mean, he was going to continue to create headaches. If it wasn't this incident, it would have been another one. And I just hope no company jumps right into signing him just because, oh, he's coming off of a hot WWE run. He was successful there. He was over there. He was easily the biggest right. star of everyone released. He was the biggest star of the bunch. I know Dolph was a former world champion, but Dolph has not been super relevant in like close to 10 years. He has not been relevant in a long time. Um, but Matt Riddle probably still has a lot more... Left to accomplish, but like I said, I just feel like he has to clean up his act first before any company would be willing to sign him. But, I've said this a few times already elsewhere, and I'll say it again here, I think if he can clean up his act, the company was high enough on him, and he's also talented enough, I think of everyone that got released, and this might not be much of a stretch to say, that I could see him coming back before anyone else. I could see Dolph coming back for like a Rumble return you know, maybe as an agent or something. And not that he's 50 years old, but I just... If you were to bring back Dahl for another run, I guess it would be like Shelton Benjamin 2.0 where he's just there to lose to people. It's like, what's what's really different here um, if he wasn't really being booked this past time? But with Matt Riddle, I could see him coming back in the next couple of years if he cleans up his shit, gets right back in the gets back on the right track, and WWE brings him back for a second chance. And I also just think, listen, if they brought back Marty fucking Gennetti 20 times, I can't see why they wouldn't bring back Matt Riddle uh, I know it's a different time, but, you know, again, assuming he can kind of get out of his own way.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think out of everyone released, I feel like depending on what he does, I think he'd probably have the best chance.
0: It makes Randy Orton's return all the more interesting, right? I mean, uh, we didn't really talk about this last week either, but he was spotted at the Performance Center last week, and you're not going to be spot. And that was a there's there video of it, so it's not a, a rumor that was confirmed. Um, not that he'll be back tomorrow, but he could be back in the next couple months. I mean, being at the PC is definitely not um, a bad sign and usually when they're at the PC, that means they're closer to the return than you know than a few months. So it might be even mere weeks, we don't know. Um, your thoughts on the potential comeback of Randy Orton, and now that Riddle is gone, what do we see Orton do upon his return?
2: Oh, I don't know, but I love it. I mean, beat the shit out of Seth, move on from Seth and Shinsuke, I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't even care, I just need Randy Orton back on my TV <laughs>
0: I just want to hear the opening chords of the music again which I never thought I would say because he's been around for so long but he's, he's also been out for so long where absence makes the hardcore fond here and he was doing great work before he got hurt anyway
2: exactly
0: so I'm missing Orton I'm sure we'll see him back soon I'm looking forward to it speaking of returns we didn't talk about this last week again we had so much, we had so much stuff to discuss last week that I kind of left this out by accident but we'll talk about it now um, I wrote about it today I did a whole article on it so I kind of want to get your take on it because I've talked about it enough We had The Rock return two weeks ago, and on that same day when he was on SmackDown, earlier on in the day on Pat McAfee's show, he confirmed to Pat McAfee that there were plans to do him and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39 earlier this year in Los Angeles at SoFi. But what I don't understand is that he was like, oh, it's not a schedule thing, it's not an injury thing, it's about coming up with something that we've never done before for the fans which is so fucking dumb to me, just because it is a schedule thing, because if he controls his schedule, which is what he said, then why would he have not come back before now? I mean, he's been gone for so long, why would he not come back sooner? And two, it is an injury thing, because a lot of these insurance companies that he works with for his movies do not want him out there wrestling, especially after his last two full-length matches in 2012 and 2013. He got fucking hurt in, and the second time, it almost, it I don't think, it almost, I think it did delay the production of Hercules, and almost completely fucked that thing up, so... Um, I think it's a factor of both of those things, but also coming up with something unprecedented. What, what does that even mean? I know they announced the Cena match, the first one a year in advance, and that was cool. You can't do that again. I mean, there's no real reason to reinvent the wheel here. Rock and Roman writes itself. So I don't know. Again, i talked about this enough. I think Cody should finish this story. We've joked about that before. <laughs> but uh, g- give me your take as far as this whole Rock and Roman, the-, the rumors ramping up again as we head into WrestleMania 40, which he did tease as a possibility in Philadelphia.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just feel like... I guess his point... I feel like his point was more like he wanted it to to like, make sense. I mean, I feel like if Roman beat The Rock, then, like, where, where does it go with the bloodline? Like, he is the travel chief. I guess maybe it was just more like kind of after whatever... Like, making it make sense, I guess, would be the best way to put it. But, I mean, like you said, it's not a scheduling thing, I guess, or whatever. But I think it was more the fact that he like, wanted it to make sense and, like, have a bigger meaning to it, I guess. Because I feel like if Roman just beat him, it's like... Now, what do you do with the bloodline? So, I mean, I think it was more of that kind of scenario than him, like, making, like whatever the fuck he put it as, like, oh, I want it to be whatever. So, I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm all set with seeing it. I Not that I want to see Cody finish the story, but just finish the fucking story. Um, and I don't need to see Rock and Roman right now. I...
0: If it were to happen at some point, I'm not going to say I wouldn't be excited because I did think, you know, Rock being back is always exciting. I would love that for The Rock to have one final match that wasn't fucking Eric Rowan from six, seven years ago. No disrespect to Rowan, but that's not exactly a way to retire, in my opinion. I don't know how capable he is of having another match. The guy's 50 years old, I think, at this point, is The Rock. I know Sting's 60-something, but The Rock has not wrestled a match in over 10 years, and even then it wasn't a full-time schedule. He hasn't been full-time in over 20 years. Um, I know he's in great shape physically, but being in great shape is different than being in great ring shape. There's a real difference there. He's got to get ready. I just don't think he has the time. And this is also relevant this week, because the SAG-AFTRA strike might be up soon. They're still on strike. I know they came to a tentative deal with the writers of the Writers Guild of America. It's not the same thing as the actors' strike. That's still going on. They need to kind of, you know, sift through that. But once that's over with, which you could be on the sooner side for what it looks like, Rock's probably not coming back again. And I feel the same way. I think the time to do Rock and Roman would have been this past year. And it's funny. I know Cody was coming back from injury and it made sense for him to go for the championship. But it would have made more sense if Rock was free to do the match this year. And then you build the Cody finally winning the belt after not doing the first match at Mania 39. You do it at WrestleMania 40. I feel like it's too little too late with Rock and Roman. They're not doing it at the Rumble. They're not doing it at fucking SummerSlam. They would have to do it at Mania. And I also, just to dispel this idea... They're not doing it two nights in a row. To do Rock and Roman night one and Rock and Cody on night two, I mean, I want to get your take on this, and maybe you maybe you think otherwise, but I just think that'd be absolutely fucking stupid and you're risking injury with Roman Reigns, and it's also taking away from both matches if you're building to both simultaneously.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely tough. I will say, people saying, like, I don't want to, like, I want to see the match. I don't, like, I think people saying they don't want to see the match, or just I mean, why wouldn't you want to see it? I mean, I guess it's more people want to see, like, the circumstance of it. Like, oh, we don't want Cody to not get his shot, whatever. But, I mean, I do want to see the match. I'm not like, oh, don't, don't do it, never want to see it. Like, I do want to see the match. I just think, per, to my, per my point, it's like people don't want to see it now because they want to see Cody win. But, I mean, I think if it wasn't over the belt, like, definitely. Because I do want to, I mean, I definitely want to see the match. But I just don't think doing it for the first night... And then Cody and Roman the second night makes, like, like you said, it's just too much, like, variable. Like, once if Roman got hurt, then what do you do? I just, I mean, I guess maybe just suck it up and we get it. But eh, I just feel like if you're going to do it, just do Cody and, and Roman at this point.
0: Yeah, and I also just think, too, that you're not going to do Rock and Roman at night one. That sounds nice on paper. Rock and Roman ain't working fucking night one. That would be a night two main event. So you're going to have Roman drop the belt on night one and still do Rock and Roman at night two and have Roman win? Because Roman's not losing. I mean, that's just stupid. So, I, I think they missed their chance. That also takes away other opportunities from the other men and women. That's just I think that's dumb. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't want to see the match at WrestleMania 40, just to put that out there. I know that's the rumbling right now and that's what people are talking about and buzzing about no thanks like it's it's time to move on focus on Cody and Roman that's the match that you have to do Cody right now is doing a whole lot of nothing feeding with judgment day fine but like dude he should have beaten Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39 I'm not changing from that I'm not I'm not moving away from that opinion <laughs> it's been almost 6 months exactly and I am not shifting from that opinion because guess what it is dumb that he lost So uh, we need Rock and Roman, not Rock and Roman, we need Cody and Roman. At WrestleMania 40, Cody wins, and we can move on from this Roman run that has kind of lasted a little bit longer than it should have, uh, if we're being completely honest here. NXT No Mercy predictions here. Uh, We look at this six-match card. I'm looking forward to this show, actually. I know you're not the biggest NXT guy, but I want to get your thoughts on this card, Mr. Marceau. Starting with the NXT Tag Team titles, The Family. Tony D'Angelo, Channing, Stax, Lorenzo. Defending the NX Attack Team titles against the Creed Brothers OTM, uh, which is Out the Mud, I think is their name, Out the Mud, which is uh, Lucian Price and Bronco Nima. And Los Lotharios is the fourth team. Um, the family just became champions two months ago. I've had all of one title defense on TV. I think they retain here. What say you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I like D'Angelo and Stacks. I, like you said, they just, literally just won the belts. I mean, I don't think they're going to lose it right back. I mean,. Yeah, I like the Kree brothers, but Ben there, done that. The other two teams, I mean, Los Otarios, I feel like they're just there to take the pinfall, and the other team is just like an up-and-coming team, so I would keep it on D'Angelo and Stax.
0: I agree. NXT Heritage Cup Championship, Butch won the NXT Global Heritage Invitational on Tuesday by beating Joe Coffey, so he's the number one contender. A lot of main roster influence and talent on this card, including this one. Um, I do not think Butch brings the belt to SmackDown. It's nice to see him back in NXT for a short bit, but I don't think he wins the championship here, so I have Noam Dar retaining.
2: I have Dar retaining as well. Um, I mean, I, like you said, I just don't see Butch walking around SmackDown with the NXT heritage Cup, but, I
0: mean, who knows? Hey, listen, we already have two main roster stars holding gold in NXT, so it's very possible, but I, I think three, I mean, two might be overkill. Three would absolutely be overkill. Um, the only non-title match in the show, Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin first time ever one-on-one. This could be a train wreck, or this could be quite a good match. I think Corbin's good enough. I mean, I, I like Corbin a lot. I think he's also good in the ring. Um, I think this will be a good match. Breaker has been great as a heel. The problem is that he's, just done, he's been doing a whole lot of nothing since he lost the NXT Championship. He had the rematch and lost that. I think they're just waiting for a Triple H to give him the call and call him up. I don't think they have any plans for Breaker right now, because otherwise, why wouldn't he be up there already? I am um, not even. I don't even know what you do with him exactly, but that's why he's spinning his wheels right now in NXT because he has nothing else to do. But um, Breaker did attack Von Wagner a couple weeks ago, put him on the shelf with the brain or the head injury, whatever it was. It was like attempted murder, essentially. Did not get arrested. <laughs> um, I think Von Wagner shows up here, maybe cost Breaker the win. I think Baron Corbin might be winning this match. That's my prediction.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like Breaker a lot. Like you said, I think his heel run's been good. I just like you said I, at this point I don't know why he's not in the main roster he lost the belt he lost the belt lost his rematch I mean there's really nothing else for him to do I mean so like I said Corbin here he's, I think I mean I don't think Breaker needs to win I think Corbin would, needs it more if you're gonna try to like rehab him so I would have Corbin win like you said you could have Vet Wagner interfere and 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 then that's how breaker loses so i'm down for that
0: yeah i mean they could do a dq or something like that but typically i'm not high on that and they just did a non-finish with the last corbin match on this special at great american bash two months ago and that awful match with uh, gable Stevenson who has not been seen since so i would not run that back I, i mean breaker could win he's lost a lot but um you know corbin could also win this match too it doesn't really matter but i got corbin going over NXT North American Championship, but was also defended on Monday's Raw in a great match with Dragon Lee, who will serve as the special guest referee for this match. Dirty Dominic Mysterio defending against Trick Williams, who won a number one contender's match on Tuesday's NXT, a fatal four way after Mustafa Ali, the original number one contender, uh, got fired last week, so that match was off the show. They replaced him with Trick Williams. I like this a lot because it came to it came together at the last minute. Mysterio and Ali would have been a good match. I didn't like the match, though, on paper, just because Ali in NXT, up until his release, was like a heel and a face. He was like a tweener, so it was kind of fucking weird. I didn't think he was winning the belt anyway. Uh, Trick Williams getting the opportunity, to me, is better because he loses, which I think he will. He loses, and it plays into this story with him and Carmelo, like, oh, all the focus is on Carmelo. It's going to add to his frustration, maybe turn him heel, which I don't know if I would do, because Trick is a great babyface, and he's gotten really over in that role. Um, I think uh, Dominic wins here. I don't know how that works with Dragon Lee being the special guest ref, but I do think Dominic retains. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think Dominic retains here. Um, I mean, I like Trek. I just don't think he's gonna win. Um, like I said, I feel like him losing can kind of keep the him and Carmelo's like little thing going. And I don't know. I just don't see Dominic losing to him right now. I mean, I would rather have Dragon Lee win the belt from him. So Dragon Lee lost on Monday. I don't want Trick to beat Dominic.
0: I was going to say, so they had that match on Monday, which I know you were also a big fan of. They had a match in NXT about a month ago that Dominic also won. Um, I don't think Dragon Lee would be in this match unless he was going to beat Dominic for that championship at some point. If he wants to give Dominic his comeuppance, I mean, he lost clean on Monday. It's not like Dominic cheated, which was the first, which was weird. Um, I think Dragon Lee will take that championship. I just don't know when.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you have other people. I mean, I feel like Dragon Lee needs more wins. I mean, he lost the Heritage Cup when we went to...
0: Uh, oh, the yeah. Battleground show, right? Yeah.
2: Battleground show. I was just say, what the hell is the name of that show? <laughs> Battleground. Like, I feel like he when he's when the br- bright, lights have been bright, he's lost every time. So, I mean, he is getting, like, good treatment. I feel like they are booking him well, b- besides him not winning the big one. So, I think he needs to win it soon, or people are just going to be like, this guy's like, just a loser. You
0: think that match on Monday kind of showcased what these two can do, Dominic showing that he can go, and Dragon Lee showing that what he can bring to the main roster at some point?
2: Yeah, I thought it was a great match. Definitely probably my favorite match on Raw, and I felt like the crowd ate it up, and Mm -hmm. I thought they had a really good match, so, I mean, I I, kudos to both guys.
0: I I wouldn't be upset if they held the uh, rubber match on the main roster at some point, whether it be on Raw, or maybe even, honestly, it could be Fastlane, dude. They could do the rematch at Fastlane and have Dragon Lee win the championship there, and uh, people might eat it up, so I don't know, we'll see. NXT Women's Championship defended in an extreme rules match A rematch from a couple of weeks ago. Becky Lynch, the defending champion, against Tiffany Stratton. Um, you know, Becky retaining might seem like the the clear cut outcome here. She's brought in ratings for NXT. She's got new NXT merch. I think it'd be too quickly to. I think it'd be too you know premature to have her lose the championship here right back to Tiffany. I could certainly see that being the case, and I wouldn't be overly upset. I would probably expand or. You know, uh, you know, keep the Becky Lynch experiment going for a little bit longer. Tiffany's been great lately, though. That Becky match was awesome. Um, I do think Becky retains here, though, and holds to the belt for holds onto the belt for a little bit longer. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think Becky retains. I mean, even on Raw, she said if Tegan won, she wanted her to challenge for next. I mean, so I think it makes sense for her to retain here. She gives Tegan a chance. Uh, next so I think it's Becky wins lol
0: yeah no I'm liking the Tegan Knox renewed push as you probably know I'm a big Tegan Knox fan so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, that match next Monday if it does end up being Becky Lynch and not uh, Tegan Knox. main event Ilya Dragunov challenging for the NXT championship against Carmelo Hayes again they had this rematch or this is the rematch from Great American Bash two months ago awesome match one of the best matches of the year they're running it back on this show I'm going to throw it to you first Mr. Marceau who do you think goes over as the NXT champion and walks out with the title
2: <sighs> yeah, you know, I get to get these ones first. <laughs> um, well this is a tough one. I I feel like I don't want Dragonoff to lose again, but then it's like does Hayes lose? I feel like I'm gonna go Dragonoff. I don't love that chance I don't love it, but I'm gonna go Dragonoff. I feel like he can be that guy, and I feel like losing again. It's kind of what do you do with him next? He's not going for the North American belt. I just don't know what you do with him next, and I feel like he's not going to the main roster, so. I feel like you have Dragonoff win here, maybe something with Trick and Carmelo, and then you continue that, so I, I, I got Dragunov winning.
0: Yeah, I think Dragonoff wins, Trick Williams can factor into the finish, I don't know if it's an accident or if he does it on purpose, that Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams, either program or heel turn, whatever it might be, is coming on the Sooner side, they've done a great job building that up and teasing that as a story for a long time now, so I'm looking forward to seeing that kind of implode and... Where they go with that. But I'm looking forward to the show overall. No Mercy, it looks like a great show on Saturday. And uh, not the only show this weekend. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but they did announce on Dynamite last night as we get into the AEW Wrestle Dream predictions on Sunday. Adam Cole not only injured last week at Grand Slam when he not took a Canadian destroyer, didn't jump off the rope, didn't jump through the ropes. No, he jumped off the stage, he jumped off the ramp onto the ground and broke his ankle in three different places. Destroyed the ligaments or whatever I mean it's it's pretty bad Britt Baker posted a picture of it last night um, This is like worst case scenario for Cole It's not like a he didn't sprain it Like it's, it's destroyed So he's going to be out for a while Kofi and AJ Styles both broke their ankles recently In the last uh, year And both were out for a number of months So it sucks to have Cole out again And I guess they can still have him on the show On crutches at some point He hasn't even undergone surgery yet um but this puts a big big damper on their biggest and best storyline in the entire company what do you think
2: no yeah definitely i I mean i think the circumstances alone like you said is kind of like they do all these crazy stuff and he i mean it's definitely not the easiest thing to do running off a ramp and jumping i mean he is a little bit older i mean if you look it up men in their 30s better chance of a leg injury and (laughs) that's what happened i mean sucks like you said broken ankle that does not sound good I saw the pictures did not look good but the momentum for this angle I guess we'll see where it goes from here but definitely a premature hopefully not ending but I mean it was the best thing going and seemingly Cole will be out I mean he's going to have to get surgery it's not like he's going to be on TV the next day so I just definitely sucks like you said I feel like they had so much momentum and I mean seemingly it'll be slowed down it's not like he's gone forever but I mean definitely sucks i think him and mgf were one of the better parts of the show and he won't be wrestling anytime soon so we'll see what happens there um but definitely sucks especially like the circumstance of kind of just like doing a, something that seems so minute to compare to what they normally do just jumping off the ramp and his ankles just went
0: yeah no that just happens in wrestling sometimes we're just the dumbest thing can get you hurt so um it is a bummer do you think they keep the belt and MJF until Cole comes back, which again might not be for a long time, just to drag the story out? Because it kind of looked like Cole and MJF would have a rematch at some point. I mean, listen, it's better now than before Wrestle or All In or something like that. Not R- Wrestle Dreams this weekend, but if this happened a month ago before All In, they would have been fucked. So it's I mean I, it shouldn't have happened at all, but if it's gonna happen at any time, better. You know, better now than a month ago, but still. Um, do you think they keep the belt in MJF until he comes back, which might not be until, you know, the second quarter of next year? It's going to be a long time.
2: Yeah, I would take the belt off MJF. I mean, theoretically, you don't even know if he's re-signing in 24, so, I mean, I think you have him lose here. I mean, it's not bad for a face to lose 2-1-1. I would just have him lose here.
0: Well, yeah, so that's the Ring of Honor tag titles. Do you think MJF holds on to the World Championship, I mean?
2: Oh, no, I think you draw. I mean like I said seemingly if he's not if his contract's up I don't know how I would assume you'd get it off him sooner rather than later I would say right
0: is that person Jay White you think
2: it's possible I mean I like Jay White a lot I feel like he hasn't done a ton or more in it but I like Jay White a lot and I think he'd be a a suitable person to take it off him I mean I wish they did a little bit more with him yeah I mean he's kind of just been like in four ways and he was all over collision when Punk was there and like that, were they were doing that like kind of four way four way but I like White a lot I think he could use a little bit more like propping up but I think he's the perfect person to take it off him as of now
0: yeah they teased that on Wednesday it was not the direction I thought they were going in and uh, I'm fine that they have that be where MGF loses it, which may not have been the original plan, but now that Cole's hurt, they might have to shift plans and take the belt off of MGF soon. It's not like he just won the championship. He's been champion for almost exactly one year now. He's been champion for one year by November. So I, I don't know if they can stretch this out. Into- I mean, if he resigns, signs he re but it's just more a matter of the fact that they really give MGF a year-and-a-half long reign as champion. He is the best thing on the show, but it might get old after a while, especially if Cole's not around every week. Um, but you kind of give your prediction there. MJF is defending the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Titles against the Righteous on Sunday. Do you think he loses the championship here? Um, and you said yes. I think they might. I think they might keep it on him for a little bit longer. It Might be too soon to take it off of him. But then again, it makes the Righteous look weak if they lose a the handicap match. You think MJF loses here? They haven't pinned the world champion.
2: I don't think he can. Like I said, it's a two-on-one babyface tries his best, and just I feel like you could take it off him.
0: And the... Well, then again, that being said, do you think they have the Righteous do it? Or do you think MJF kind of fights on his own for at least a couple more matches and then before finally losing it to the Kingdom, which I feel like is more likely?
2: I mean, it's possible, I said maybe the Kingdom help him in a sense, like the Roger Kingdom help him and he retains there and then they eventually take the belts off him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I think it'd like make the Righteous look weak as fuck if they lost MJF by themselves, but... Um, it's possible.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of tag titles, we have a number one contenders fatal four-way tag team match with the Young Bucks, the Guns, the Lucha Bros, and Orange Cassidy and Hook, who are now a team. Uh, Hook's had so many different partners, you would think he would have learned his lesson after Jack Perry, but I guess not. Um, Orange Cassidy's coming off the year-long reign, and now he's right back to doing tag team stuff. I don't fucking get it. Uh, this should be a fun match, though. It really doesn't matter who wins. It's said in the advertising that the winners get a title shot at any time. So does that mean, like, a Money in the Bank cashing type shit? Like, I don't know what that means exactly. It could be right after FTR's match later on in the show. Um, we've already seen FTR in the Guns, FTR in the Lucha Bros. We've seen a lot of. Cassidy and Hulk, I don't care about. I feel like this is the Bucks match to win, and they're going to run back FTR in the Bucks again after they had some dissension at All Out a couple weeks ago. What do you think?
2: Again? Oh, jeez! I, I was do, not yeah. gonna pick them. Um, fuck. Um, honestly, first I forgot who was the champions, and then you said <laughs> FDR. I just, I don't, honestly, don't want to see them in the Bucks again. So I hope it's not the Bucks. Fuck. Um, I was gonna go with Kathy and Hook. Honestly, I feel yeah. Like I the mean, fresh, they're the
0: only team they haven't beat. They're yeah. the
2: freshest one. I mean, I not that I totally want to see that, but I mean, like I said, they face the Lucha Bros a thousand times. They faced the Young Bucks a handful of times. Don't even know who the other team was. Oh, the Guns, they faced them plenty of times. I feel like Hook and, F, Hook and uh, Orange Cassidy, like I said, that, not that I really want to see it, but at least it's, like, new. I mean, I feel like we've seen the other teams, like, a handful of matches between them. I mean, like I said, I guess you could do them the Bucks again, but, I mean, aren't they, like, Ring of Honor or Trios champions now or something?
0: Um, For who? The Bucks? Oh, yeah, they're the Ring uh, of Honor six man tag team champs. Yeah, Everyone's got a yeah, belt now.
2: Okay, so I'm going hook in
0: uh, Orange County. <laughs> listen, you know who would have been good in this spot? I know they've had matches with FDR before where there was never a rubber match. Santana and Ortiz, but they just don't want to work together anymore, so I guess that's not happening. I'm like, come <laughs> yeah, on. Get the fuck over. I know they're feuding now or something. They're teasing the storyline. I'm intrigued by that, but what's, I like Santana, and listen, I think he's good, and he had a debut match at Grand Slam last week, and he won. What's the ceiling there? I think that's pretty silly. Like, get get over it, work together, and start teaming again.
2: No, yeah. I mean, I thought they were a good team. They were one of those teams that, like, never really got a run, and you're like, when are they going to get a run? And then I feel like they keep kept getting hurt, and then now they, like, hate each other, so.
0: It's stupid, especially now. The funny thing is that they weren't getting many opportunities earlier because they had so many teams. They have almost no teams now, or at least any fresh teams, and then they broke up. It's like now if there's any point where you might get the tag titles, it would be now, and you guys fucking broke up. It's stupid. Uh, Ricky Starks, I told you earlier, if he can't beat Wheeler Yuta here, he might as well pack it up. I mean, the guy lost to Bryan Danielson twice. He lost to CM Punk. He needs a win here. I think he will win. Uh, no real suspense or unpredictability surrounding this outcome, I think.
2: I think Wheeler, or not Wheeler, fucking Ricky <laughs> Starks went here. No, 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 no. I, I messed up. Ricky Starks all day. Like I said, if he loses
0: here, he might as well call Cody tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Zoe Starks brother, Ricky Starks? <laughs> yeah, um,
2: I'll
0: get her over. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, now Ricky's got to win here. TBS Championship, the only women's match in the show as of now. Chris Statland are defending against Julie Hart. Listen, the story here is this: is that Julie Hart has not lost the match, believe it or not since she lost to Statlander a year and a half ago. You would never fucking know because Julia Hart never wrestles on TV. They've given her three wins between Rampage, Collision, and Dynamite in the past because they really want to build her up last minute. Like, where was this push months ago? But anyway, um, I don't think Statlander loses here to Julia Hart. Julia Hart was actually impressive last night against Willow, but I don't think she takes the title here. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I I mean, I like Julia Hart. I think she still has a lot of work to go. Um, I, I mean, I don't think she's being stat- I don't think she's being Statlander here um, I
0: got Statlander We have the Ring of Honor World Championship and the New Japan Strong Openweight title Eddie Kingston defending both belts against Katsuyori Shibata, who is the Ring of Honor Pure Champion Like I said, everyone's got a fucking belt from all these different companies uh, Shibata's Pure title is not on the line so it's not like a winner-take-all situation like with Claudio last week Pretty obvious, Eddie Kingston's becoming or not becoming, he, he's retaining the title he's already become champion um, I don't think Shibata becomes a triple crown champion in one night. Eddie Kingston wins, LOL.
2: Yeah, I mean, Eddie just won the belt last week. I don't think they're going to take it off him immediately.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. He just teamed with Shibata earlier this month at All Out, so it should be a good match, though. So they've got history. Um, AEW World Tag Team Titles, FTR versus Aussie Open on the exact one-year anniversary of their last matchup in Japan. Um, FDR have been champions for a while now. They could lose here. I don't think Ozzy opens the, mat, the team to do it. Listen, Aussie Open could become champions. Hook and Orange Cassidy become the number one contenders. That's your program. I don't I, like. I said earlier. I don't think they're done with the Bucks and FDR. Uh, like it or not, I think that's the direction they're going in. So I think FDR retain here. What do you think?
2: I mean, didn't Ozzy Open just lose to Jericho and Gravard? Like, two don't weeks remind
0: seven? me. Don't remind me. And they oh, lost to the MJF and uh, Cole. at cool. all in. The word, yeah, do, FTR. FTR. <laughs> dude, so the MJF and Adam Cole thing was fine because, you know, it was they, they became champions and the Adam Cole injury was whatever it happens. The Guevara Jericho thing. They broke up two weeks later. Why the fuck did they have them beat Ozzy Open if they were just going to put Ozzy Open in the tag team title match? That makes no sense. That's a, such a WWE thing to do.
2: I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. They're not oh. going to win it. They just lost to Guevara and Jericho, like a makeshift team, broke up a week later.
0: <laughs> That's dumb. The match should be good, though. Um, Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland had their contract signing on Wednesday night. Uh, first time ever here in AEW. I'm glad Swerve's getting a singles push. Uh, you know, Page has been here before. I'm glad he's getting a renewed singles push, too. But Swerve, he's the one I'm really happy about because he was at All In with Sting and Darby Allin. Uh, he's been getting a lot more TV time since the summer. He's great. They'll be in Seattle, which is where Strickland is from. I don't think he wins, though. I think Page wins. They can have Strickland win and extend the feud. I'd actually be more in favor of, it, more in favor of that, I think. I think Page wins and they might just move on. Uh, what are you thinking here?
2: Oh, I was going to say Swerve wins. Um... <laughs> I mean, that's fine. <laughs> i Swerve wins. I feel like he needs it more. Like, Pangman, not well, he's a made man, but to their audience, he's a main man. Um... I feel like Strickland needs, like, a breakout win to finally, like, get to the next level. I I, I like Swerve a lot. I mean, I think he's easily been the biggest thing that they got from WWE that wasn't, like, a homegrown star. I mean, I feel like what they've done with Swerve's been good. I just do think he needs, like, a signature win. I mean, he's been flip-flopping his group. He added, like, another, like, four jobbers to it. I Mm -hmm. mean... He needs the win to, like, be considered, like, a, a, a threat or a guy. So, I think Hangman can lose here. And, I mean, if Swerve loses, it's not like, I guess he just goes back to what he was doing before. But, if you're going to actually push him up the card, he needs, like, legit wins here.
0: Signature win. What about that win over Keith Lee? Oh, it never happened. They never booked the match. I forgot. And, there obviously, there must have been a reason for it. But, still, the fact that it never happened is ridiculous.
2: <laughs> Remember when they teamed up before they even had a rematch? <laughs> in the blind eliminator
0: term or yes and so that went it? nowhere like again it's not like Keith if Keith Lee's having health issues that's fine like again that that's terrible that's not fine that's terrible but uh, it's understandable but he's been on television and he has had matches it's not like he's not there so why wouldn't you do the match that's that's what doesn't make sense to me
2: he's a big motherfucker
0: <laughs> TNT championship two out of three falls uh, Christian Cage became champion officially last Saturday at collision beating uh, Luchasaurus in the triple threat Um, I think this will be great, him and Darby, Christian's been one of the best parts of the the entire company for a while now, Um, they had a really good match on Collision about a month ago, did these two, I think they'll again go in there and kill it, uh, coming up in this match on uh, Sunday, this could go either way though, Darby's from Seattle, but they're also telling the story that Christian's never beaten Darby before, he's 0-2 against him, Christian could get the win here, he also just became champion, this one is probably the most unpredictable match in the show, I've got you going first to make your prediction. Who do you think goes over on this match?
2: Are you
0: serious?
2: <laughs> All that, to throw it to me first. Hey, honestly, I gotta set the stage. Is, honestly, I'm the complete opposite. I think this is the easiest match to call. Really? Okay, Who? easily Christian How, Like, why put the belt on and he's just gonna lose it The are we, I feel like it's so dumb booking like, is Vince Russo booking like, <laughs> why would you have him win the belt just to drop it a week later do, do you know I what title like... we're
0: talking about here
2: I know who we're talking about I just feel <laughs> like like I said it's like Aussie Open getting a tag match that they're losing to a makeshift team that broke up two weeks later I just I, I'm going with with Christian I mean I, like I said they're telling the story he hasn't beat Darby he just won the belt I know it's Darby's hometown, and Tony loves to give the hometown yeah. fans like, a good thing, but I think Christian wins.
0: I'm thinking Darby wins. I do. I okay. think, not only because they're in Seattle, but I know like Christian's never beaten Darby, and they mentioned that, but Darby has not gotten one over on these guys at all. I know he beat them last week in that tag match at Grand Slam on Rampage, but beyond that, he's lost two title opportunities. Um, he beat Christian the first time, and that was a non-title match when Cage wasn't champion, but... I don't know. I
2: think beat Christian in what's his face at, uh.
0: Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. They beat them at Rampage. They beat them a Grand Slam. But other than that, he really hasn't gotten many wins. I think they. I, Christian. No, he
2: beat them at All Out. All
0: no, he lost. In. Luchasaurus won. No,
2: no, wait. the tag match. The fucking coffin match.
0: That was all in. Okay. That was all in. Yeah. Wasn't okay. it? Yeah, all-
2: actually, Grand Slam. No, no. Yeah, they won that at All Whatever. One of okay. the Alls. They won at one of them. All right. I just all feel right. like it would be dumb for him. Like, is it? so Darby can win the fucking TNT title for
0: the 17th time. Like, move on. <laughs> listen, I completely agree. I have a bad feeling Darby wins. I like Darby is he a lot. Did win and face
2: Sammy Grozella for it? Like, yep. fucking Christ.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, God, listen. It's terrible. yeah terrible. Move on. That, we're talking about the TNT title here. They don't typically make the best decisions with the TNT title. I think this is another instance of that. Um,. I would be pleasantly surprised if Christian retained, and I think he should. Get Darby Allen out of the title picture. He can go do something else. Christian's got to win here, but I think <laughs> I've got Darby going over. I think we're going to have 17-time champion Darby Allen going over in Seattle. Feel-good moment. Not feel-good for us, though, because I don't really want to see him win it again, but it is what it is. I think the match will be great, though. I, I can guarantee you that. Um, Lasting matches, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Kota Ibushi against the Don Callis family, Will Ospreay, Sammy Guevara, and... Um, Kanosuke Takeshka. This one could also go either way, I think. Because both, like, Omega lost to Takeshka, but Jericho just beat Guevara. I think the Don Ca- I mean, listen, if you really want to establish them as a credible faction, this Don Callis family shit, they have to win this match. If they lose, including Osprey, who is just better than anyone else in this match, I think, I think the Don Callis family has to win.
2: Do you think there's any chance that Jericho turns on them and joins the Don Callis family?
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. Why Why would you think that?
2: Why would he join them to then not join them because they're going to beat him? Like, this whole storyline has made no fucking sense since the beginning. He joins the Don Callis family, but they were going to turn on him because they thought he was going to say no, but he said yes. Then him and Sammy got together. and Now, Sammy's not with them. Like, it's just. This whole storyline makes no fucking sense to begin with. No, it doesn't. And now it's like they're intertwining Jericho and Guevara, and then it's been about Takeshka and Kalis and Omega, and then now it's fucking. I don't know. I honestly don't care. I feel like it's going so many different directions. It makes no fucking sense. So, I mean, like, would Sammy have turned on Jericho if he won? Like, because he lost? I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense, he asked me. I feel like there's so many turns. Makes no sense give me the baby faces
0: <laughs> I got Don Callis family winning I mean it it could go either way it doesn't really matter I think the match will be you good though You know what
2: I'm saying though like it doesn't make any no, sense No it makes like, no sense would, I like I... would Guevara turn on Jericho if he won like no so like I don't get it like so, cuz he lost kicked him in the nuts he joined Don Callis
0: like Yeah cuz he said he was being overshadowed I that makes sense to me what doesn't make sense is Jericho saying that he would join and then he realized, oh, you were going to turn on me, so now I don't want to join. But then it makes Jericho look like an idiot because he looks like a pussy for not jo- Like, then why did you join in the first place? Or why would you want to have joined? I don't know. He looks like an idiot, so. But I think, I think the heels go over. Um, either team could win. It doesn't really matter. There's nothing on the line. But I am looking forward to the match, though. I think this should be a really good match. Main event, I think. Uh, nothing on the line, but Brian Danielson from Seattle. It was the first match they announced for the show, I think. Uh, Brian Danielson against Zack Sabre Jr. First time ever. Dream match for the AEW audience. And, it, it, you know, it's a dream match is thrown around loosely a lot. But, um, you know, it it should be a really good match. I think Danielson wins, though. I think, you know, um, he's been winning a lot lately. He beat Starks twice. He beat Okada. I don't think he loses to Zack Sabre Jr. Um, I guess they'll save this for the end. There's nothing else. They have no world title match on this show. So I think Brian Danielson wins, right?
2: Brian wins all, all I mean... I, I don't know why he'd go he wouldn't win here um mm-hmm. i mean zach saber jr's been in a couple of times would really shock me at brian law <laughs> i just don't know why he would lose um i got i got brian i think it's kind of a slam dunk
0: yeah it's he's from the area so it makes sense why they, this would go on last but again there's nothing really at stake and zach saber jr as great as he is is not okada and he's not tatahashi so it just it, the last time we saw him, he was in a four-way getting beat for the international title. So he's not been on the show since. Maybe he's been I think he's been on Ring of Honor TV, but who gives a shit about that? Um, he has not been built up at all in AEW TV. So I don't know. It's just a weird match to do because it feels like a mid-card attraction. It does not feel like a main event of a pay-per-view. Maybe something happens. I, I don't know, but I I think Danielson wins either way. But that's Wrestle Dream on Sunday, Mister Marceau. I'm looking forward to the show as I am No Mercy on Saturday. We'll talk about both shows coming up here on WrestleRant Radio next week for the grand 10-year anniversary week. Uh, the show celebrates 10 years uh, next Sunday. Probably do the show for Saturday, or for, for the usual Thursday, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, 10 years of the show, Mr. Marceau. Great time, as always, chatting with you. New episodes every single week. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss new episodes every single week. Uh, enjoy the weekend, Mr. Marcel. I'll catch up with you next week. See you later. Adios, brother.